The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of the Heat Check, I got a question for you Laker fans. That means you, my new producer, too. Uh, Anthony, what the fuck is Darvin Ham doing? We get into some sound bites from around the league as well. Uh, Giannis rocking up, thinking about beating the Pacers. Clay reflecting back on his legacy and his career. We get a ton of news from around the league as well as my killer, crazy-ass stat of the week. Lots popping here. So let's get right into it, Anthony, and drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. You're, 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 you're listening to the, the, the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out here. I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. Before we get into it, let's get a little housekeeping going, shall we? Uh, we got a new producer. Yes, we do. I could not be more happy. We get somebody who's interested in the NBA, which is a huge, huge bonus. Please welcome Anthony F. Please say F. We'll call him Anthony fucking Irwin to the podcast. Anthony's a hoop head. He hosts the Lakers Lounge podcast on Odyssey. So we'll talk to him at the end of this segment about his thoughts on what's happening. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Thank you for thank you for doing it. That's actually my legal name. It's, Anthony uh... fucking Irwin. Awesome. That's good. So let me begin the pod then, Anthony, with the question. What the fuck is Darvin Ham doing? My goodness, are the Lakers a mess? And let me tell you, I didn't exactly see this coming, folks. I was excited. I was feeling like there was athleticism in the ranks. Ooh, all this untapped potential. Ooh, Cam Reddish and his deflections. Going to be a specialist. Three-point. All He was supposedly the best guy in the draft. So Zion says. So John Morant says. Ooh, Jackson Hayes. Maybe he didn't work out because he broke down the door in New Orleans or whatever the fuck happened there. You're taking all the rejects. Maybe LeBron James can fix them all. And then they had this incredible run in the in-season tournament. And I was like, okay, this is where it begins. You're you're kicking off Western Conference Finals run. Everything feels like it's you bring the core back. But since then, the Lake Show, unfortunately, three and nine. And goddamn, are they in trouble? Everybody knows it. They're sitting at 10th right now in the West. Whole lot of good, hungry teams between them and the sixth seed. I am starting to get a little concerned. Bad loss against the Heat was what did it, folks. That was the straw that broke the camels, a.k.a. the folks close to the situation's silence about what the hell is wrong with this team. Friends of show, Yovan Buha and Shams, they spilled the beans. Yes, they did. They went on to Athletic 
and they said it smells like the ham is just about cooked in L.A. You smell that? That's Darvin Ham on the barbecue right now, right after Christmas. And you know ham after Christmas is never a good idea. This is what they said. Ham used his 10th starting lineup of the season and third in three games. Is that bad? I feel like that's bad. Austin Reeves at point guard. Torian Prince at shooting guard. Cam Reddish at small forward. LeBron James at power forward. Anthony Davis at center. The Lakers, how did it go? We're minus three in the 13 minutes that the group played together against Miami. But more than a third of the way into the season, three of those players and the team's third, fourth, and fifth highest paid players were coming off the bench. Reeves, who everybody said was Arkansas's Larry Bird, has been coming off the bench. They didn't say that part. That was me. Has been coming off the bench for most of the season. Despite being touted by him as a future all-star over the summer and ranking third on the team in scoring, does Darvin Ham hate Austin Reeves? Russell, they didn't say that either. That was me. Russell's role has shrunk since Las Vegas, and Hachimura's playing time vacillates on a nightly basis. Big words, vacillates. Is Darvin Ham on the hot seat? New reports are that he's lost the locker room in just his second year. The quote is the disjointedness between the coach and the team has stemmed from the extreme rotation and starting lineup adjustments recently from Cookham, leading to a fluctuating rhythm for several players across the roster. I had Jovan Buha on the show less than a week ago and asked him about the dysfunction in the locker room. and. This is what he had to say. Is it strange to you how much heat Darvin Ham is getting, especially considering that when the Clippers were not playing well, it was the players that were getting the heat, and now we're getting a lot of like, oh, Lakers next head coach odds uh, from some offshore account. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that conversation is premature. Like, I mean, Darvin took them to the Western Conference Finals last year. They just won the in-season tournament uh, a couple weeks ago. So I think any talk of him being on the hot seat or, or you know, the Lakers not having confidence in him uh, is premature. Uh, that said, I mean, I think a distinction with if we're going to specifically compare the, the Clippers and the Lakers, you know, Ty Lue is a championship head coach. And I think by many is regarded as a top five, if not top three head coach in the, in the league. So, to, like, I, I think he has a level of um, you know, goodwill and, and uh, just a track record that Darvin Ham just doesn't have because he's in his second year as a head coach um now i I will say you know i I think some of the lineup stuff has been a little suspect um like again i I look at last night uh austin reeves has been on this crazy stretch where he scored uh you know last nine games he scored 20 points in in, in seven of them uh you know 20 or more and he was sixth in the team Mm -hmm. last night in minutes and it was just like LeBron's out, Gabe Vincent's out. If there's ever a night to ramp up Austin's minutes, yeah. it's a night when LeBron's out and you need more playmaking, you need more scoring. Yet that didn't happen. Um, and, and he ramped up Elo's minutes and Elo started two for 12. So yeah. there have been some things with the rotation that haven't really made sense. But yeah. um, overall, I think I think Darwin's in a fine spot uh, as yeah. long as the Lakers turn this around soon. Is this the end of the road for Darvin Ham? I don't know. It feels like LeBron has a Costco bulk size of coach body bags 
in the back room waiting to just drag it out for another coach. We've got insiders reporting things. We got insiders connected to Agent Rich Paul. Got their fingerprints all over it. Seems like this could be the end, like boys to men, considering the reported rift between him uh, and Austin Reeves, as well as LeBron and AD's growing frustration after the Heat game. LeBron didn't even speak to the media. Just, I'm going to get dressed, put on my new Louis Vuitton collab that I just introduced on Twitter, my nice chains, and I'm going to get the hell up out of here. Yup. From his failed three-guard lineup last season to his wonky lineups this year, it is one questionable decision after another. And considering everything, it's shocking that the Lakers are under 500. Because what do we say? If skin of glass, no, is it skin of paper, bone of bones of glass? Yes, that's what it is. Skin of paper, bones of glass, Anthony Davis. If he can play a full season and, and we've got LeBron, also at an all-star level, which they both have been. And you're 10 gate, you're under 500. Anthony Davis in his last 10 games, maybe playing the best basketball of his entire career, and you're still losing games. That is purple and gold rut row. In the last 10 games, what's Anthony Davis been doing? Oh, just averaging 30, 12 rebounds, four assists, 2.6 blocks per game, 1.7 steals per game. What's he doing from the three-point line, Trista, as a big man? Just shooting 44% casually from deep. Only two turnovers per game. And Braun has been vintage as well, averaging 26, seven rebounds, and nine assists. As a, what are they calling him, a power forward now? A power forward, LeBron James? And a steal consistently. This is just the perfect example of the ineptitude that we're seeing. We're seeing on New Year's Eve, Darvin Ham start Braun, A.D., Rui, Torian Prince, and Jared Vanderbilt. Five forwards. Five forwards. And, of course, if you could guess, it did not go well. They lost to the Pelicans by 20. And after the game, LeBron said this, Austin's great. I like Austin no matter where he is. Obviously, it's always great to be on the floor with Austin. I love being on the floor with him because he makes plays. Darvin, 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 baby. You might just be the latest coach to find their way to the unemployment line because when Braun's not happy, ain't nobody happy. All that to say, what the fuck are Darvin Ham and the Lakers and Linda Rambis and Kurt Rambis doing? Let's bring on my new producer, Anthony Irwin. I want to get your thoughts on this, brother. What is happening here? Well, to those who have been listening and watching my show, uh, this is not anything new. We've been saying this for a couple of weeks, few, you know, going on a month or so. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4 featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, it dates back to when they took Austin out of the starting lineup, brought D'Angelo Russell into the start, kept him in there, and then D'Angelo Russell started quiet quitting around the time that they started doing the whole Zach Levine thing, and those rumors popped up. Then when they sent Russell to the bench and Reeves was not reinserted into the starting lineup, a lot of people within the organization started kind of like wondering what, what is going on there. That's how, you, how, that's how you get to the five power forward or wing lineup that you arrived at that lost to the Pelicans the other night by 20. And yeah, Darwin has kind of lost everybody's uh, trust and faith here. And this is the shakiest ground he's been at, uh, been on as the head coach. Even when Russell Westbrook was with the Lakers, he was the excuse. When, when Russell Westbrook was there and they weren't playing well, they said, well, it's his fault, but this time it's squarely on Darvin. It's going to be really interesting to see how he handles all this. Yeah, it's not good. My man from Saginaw, he better get out his shoes for figuring out how to survey the hot coals that he's on because we now know it's getting close. I saw that Phil Handy was leading the leader in the clubhouse to be the next coach of the L.A. Lakers. He obviously was with LeBron in Cleveland. You think? Phil Handy would be a, a good head coach. I know he wants it. I've interviewed him before. I know he's been waiting in the wings, but he's he's kind of similar, like personality-wise to Darvin. Mm-hmm. Different in terms of maybe his approach to the game. Like, you think that's a fit? You think that's where they would go, the direction? So it would remind me a lot of remember that Dwight Mayer season, 2012, the Steve Nash yeah. Dwight Mayer. This would this will be fun. And they for a second, they brought in um Bickerstaff, uh, and and uh, he went six and zero or something like that in his time there, and it was because he just rolled the ball out. He's like, "You guys are talented enough, go do your thing." And Handy would be a very similar move, at least in the interim. I think eventually you're going to start to get those Doc Rivers Ooh. rumors, and you're going to start to get some. I don't know. I guess Terry Stotts and Kenny Atkinson are also there, but I think the 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 leader to be the interim, the leader in the clubhouse to be the interim is Phil Handy. Eventually, though, you're, it's you, you, the, the Doc Rivers stuff is coming. It's only a matter of time. It started over the summer. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. Moving on, let's go over to the sound bites with bites. It is Friday, so it's time for your best sound bites of the week. I have got two of them for your listening pleasure. The first is a very funny clip. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to it from one of the very funny, very wholesome, yet I would call him quite freaky players. The Greek freak himself, Giannis. One of the things that I love about Giannis, he's just like open. He's just honest. He tells dad jokes. He makes sex jokes. 
And in this case, he's very honest about how much the Pacers are living rent-free in his head. This clip came after Indiana beat Milwaukee. And I don't understand how it's happening, but they've beat them four out of the five times that they played this year, which is probably three too many times that they've played. I think I've seen them once a week for the last six weeks. They played, obviously, in the in-season tournament, and holy shit, they asked Giannis. He's not happy about it. It's actually stunning how much they have Milwaukee's number. So somebody asked him, like, how much do you think about uh, the Pacers now that you just keep losing to them? This is what he had to say. You you have that, uh, and you think about it. Now when you go back home, and you sleep, and you wake up, you think about it. Now when you go back and uh, work out, you think about it. You know, when you're about to get freaky at night, you think about it. You know? What? Um, but at the end of the day, it's good, because now it gives us time to fix things. Wait, wait, wait. did he just say that, like, this is Giannis getting rocked up? thinking about stopping Tyrese Halliburton from going nuclear. Like, he's got his girl kissing on his neck, just unbelting his belt. And he's like, oh, man, Miles Turner had two blocks the other night. Oh, that Ben Matherin. I almost beat the shit out of Ben Matherin the other night. And she's like, hey, you don't really seem very locked in. He's like, yeah, neither was Dame. Neither was Dame. He went one for five from three. What is going on? Literally, like the Pacers putting their hands all over his ball is more important to him than his girl putting her hands on his balls. This is is insane. Like, this is insane. Bonus clip of the week comes courtesy of Clay Thompson, who has been, let's be honest, the entire team except for Steph has been like total bitch moves, and Clay has been the top of the bitch boat. He has been, I would call it Captain Clay of the bitch boat. Uh, Historically low shooting splits, playing absolutely no defense, and he's been a beacon of negativity in Golden State. So Coach Kerr had to sit him down, had to slap him up a bit and say, listen, you're being a bitch because you didn't get your max contract that you do not deserve and you will not get. You are in the final act of your career. You need to be soaking it all in. And, And Clay being Clay, he talked about it, took it to heart, made a paper airplane, and said this. Uh, well, Steve and I had actually a great conversation yesterday, and uh, that helped me relax a lot. Sometimes I forget just how successful and how lucky I've been to be a part of championship teams and all-star games and gold medals. And when you want to get back to that level so badly, you can kind of get in your own way. And rather than forcing it, we had a conversation about just enjoying this last chapter of my career and how lucky I truly am to still be playing the this game. The chapter where you're no longer relevant and at a high level impactful. And being a better mentor for these young guys, leading by example, and having my energy right every game. And he helped me realize when I do have negative energy, how that affects the team in a poor manner. So... We had a great conversation that just helped me change my whole mindset and forget about shooting splits or points per game or all-star games and just to enjoy being in this Warriors uniform and appreciate what we built because it's such a rare opportunity for any professional athlete to be a part of so much success and to try and pass that torch to the younger guys and 
keep this thing going. The All-Star games ain't coming no more, baby. Those are gone. Like, Blake Thompson doesn't need to be thinking about All-Star games ever again. Gordon Hayward sat down with Paul George this week on the PG podcast, which is, by the way, I think probably the best player podcast in the business. They both talked, honestly, in a way that sort of, in all seriousness, was a tearjerker. They talked about what it's like to come back from a catastrophic injury. We know that Clay had two. Uh, knowing about a month in that you're never going to be as good as you were before. It's an awesome interview. Check it out. Clay is now, I think, in the same boat. Two horrible injuries, comes back, and he's just never going to be the same, never been the same. And you know what? I think that's okay. Like, that's good that Clay has had a come-to-Jesus moment. And I think that he can be a very valuable player for the remainder of his career, but he has to, one, stay healthy, two, know that he's not the guy anymore. But that only happens if he accepts what's happening. And this kind of makes me feel like a light bulb has gone on off for him. He knows, like, you're not a max dude. You're not, you can't be pouting because you're not a max dude anymore. You got to pour into the young guns, pour into pods, bring good vibes, hit threes. Whether that makes the Warriors a winning team, I don't know. That's like, who knows? They're our dubs, as I like to call it. Our dubs uh, can't be much worse than they've been. But if Clay plays the role of like elder statesman to pods, to Kaminga, to Trace Jackson Davis, they could be better. They could be better than this. All right, let's move on. Move on to some news from around the league. Let's start in Cleveland, where the Cavaliers just engineered a buyout of veteran guard Ricky Rubio. The Ricky Rubio sto- story, the fantasy where he was going to be an impactful player after that ACL tear, that has come to a close. For those who do not know, Rubio has had a tough go of it lately. First, he suffered that knee injury. He was playing really well in 21-22 in Cleveland. Then had to take a mental health break in 2022-2023. And that turns out uh, to be the end of his career. The Cavs bought out his contract. And then immediately after, he issued a super heartfelt news release. Here's what he wrote. Uh, Hello, July 30th was one of the toughest nights of my life. My mind went into a dark place. I kind of knew I was going in that direction. I never thought I wasn't under control of the situation. The next day... I decided to stop my professional career. One day when the time is right, I would love to share my full experience with you all so I can help support others going through similar situations. Until then, I would like to keep it private out of respect for my family and myself as I'm still working on my mental health, but I'm proud to say I'm doing much better and getting better every day. I wanted to post this message because my NBA career has come to an end. It all started in 09, blase, blase, blase. Special mention to Cleveland, my last home. I know the way that things ended have been tough. I could have never imagined this year would develop this way, but you've been amazing with Kobe, JB, who have been extremely respectful and understanding of my situation. Dog, he was done in July, and they were like, yep, we'll keep paying you. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Find you an employer that is willing to do that. Rubio is one of those players that I absolutely loved in Minnesota, held back by injuries, missed a full 30% of his games due to medical issues in that 12-year career, which is a shame because he's one of the past first point guard vintage guys, one of the like 
young, like young guys aspire if they're good to be Ricky Rubio gifted, great court vision, great international player, really good international player. So only 33 years old, but I'm happy that he's getting the help that he needs. The league is probably worse without Ricky Rubio playing at a high level. Moving on, we move on to James Harden. James Harden, very spicy right now. James Harden taking a what we call a victory lap to the haters uh, about how he was treated by fans and media alike in his first weeks in Clipperville. Big game, James. Do you think he's forgiving? Are you serious? You saw the way he treated Daryl Morey, who was like his father. He's, of course, not forgetting who was on the hate train. He's writing their names in his little diary so that he can look them up. He said his early struggles in L.A., quote, gave people so much to talk about. And now those people that were talking are nowhere to be found, like literally nowhere to be found, which we knew that was going to happen. I don't know if you know this song, uh, Anthony, but it's a YG song. Please, please tell me why you always hating. But it's uh, Brian Damaris. Brian Damaris, you remember him? He's the one who eviscerated Harden, uh, the Mavs announcer, like in that viral clip. It went super viral. I think they had to remove the clip. I think they were forced to take it down. It was like six minute long. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was watching CNN. It was that long. It was a monologue. And I don't think that that guy, Brian Damaris, uh, is on planet earth anymore. Like, I think he's broadcasting games from the moon. I don't think, I really don't think he lives here anymore. I've not seen him since. Has anyone seen him since? I have not. If you come for James Harden or anyone like that, you got to stand on your square, my guy. You got to show up for those Mavs games. You have to show up, especially the Mavs games against the Clippers. He specifically has not been there for those. Even if you were suspended or fired you got to be up in there you got to get figure out a way to get courtside passes like shannon sharp and straight troll james harden you can't run from the hot take so brian damaris your take has gone off the rails pretty fast even though like let's be honest guys let's be honest are we really believing that james harden is going to be this version of him in the playoffs like are we believing that because i've never seen it I've never seen it even in the MVP version of James Harden. So this version of James, maybe he's changed. I don't know. But right now, after their famous losing streak, Harden and the Clippers have been rolling. Currently, where are the Clippers at? They have moved up to fourth in the West, 21 and 12. They've won eight of their last 10. Harden averaging 25 and 10 over his last 16 games. 2.6 stocks, stocks, stocks per game and a plus 9.3 net rating. During that time, the clips are 14 and two. So yeah, he's clapping back at the haters and he's got a good reason to. Moving on, speaking of other Clippers, Kawhi Leonard. It has now been six years since he's played his last game in San Antonio. And for whatever reason, folks, we keep dissecting how the exit from the Spurs went down. There's tons of rumors. Steven Jackson, his former teammate, co-host of All the Smoke podcast, Absolute wild card, Stephen Jackson. You never know what's going to happen. He gave his opinion. Why right now? I don't know. Uh, he gave his opinion on how things went down at the end. According to Jackson, it is because Kawhi just couldn't handle Pop's bullshit anymore. Not like the coaching bullshit, but like the, I'm going to teach you to be like a contributing member of society, like well-rounded man type of Popovich, which is not surprising. Here's what uh, Jackson said. Popovich. Pop did. Pop told him to stop booing at games, right? He told yeah. him to stop booing at games, and Kawhi was like, "Nope, I'm out. I gotta go." 
Yeah, and he said, Pop's trying to make you a better person. He's going to put you in a lot of situations to test you. He did it to me. He did it to Kawhi. He did it to a lot of people. Kawhi couldn't take that shit. No, sir. That's what it was. We want a hoop. We don't want to be in a corner. We want ISO. We don't want to run pick and roll. We want to be losing players, basically. We don't want to win. So, yeah, the other shit that Jackson said, though, that I thought was hilarious, when the injury stuff came down, how they didn't fight for him in public. Tony Parker had an injury, and Tony was out for a long time, and Kawhi never said anything. When Kawhi was out, Tony was like, yeah, I had the same injury, and I came back questioning whether he was really hurt on national TV. I knew that was the moment, guys. Tony Parker, low-key bitch. Like, serious bitch. Uh, I think this is probably the way that things down. LaMarcus Aldridge independently uh, seconded the schism. This one was incredible, actually. Like, this one had the chance to be soundbite of the week. Kawhi didn't want to do Pops learning stuff. He just wanted to hoop. Not everyone wants to learn about what's in Africa or learn the maps. Or what? Not everyone wants to learn what's in Africa, like people or like natural resources or the topography or like the botany. What are we talking about? Bugs? Are we talking about the culture? I don't know. I love like Greg Popovich giving African history lessons to like his his all-black team, other than, like, I forget who was there. Maybe uh, Thiago Splitter was on the team maybe back then. Super funny visual, I thought. Like, Pop with a laser pointer and being like, but this is Myanmar. This is Madagascar. And Kawhi being like, bro, what's this got to do with the L.A. Lakers this weekend? I do not know. Bell Bib DeVoe, now you know. Finally, we end with a little Michael Malone. I fuck with Michael Malone heavy. I really do. Like, I love Michael. Please say the baby. Don't call me Mike Malone. I just love his swag, his mentality. He's just so Brooklyn. I love coaches from Brooklyn. I can't get enough of it. Whether it's throwing shade to the Lakers, which you obviously I love, win after winning a chip, going after LeBron, showering Jokic with love. But this quote right here, this one takes the cake. A media member was asking Malone how well he thinks that Jokic is pacing himself. Because remember, Jokic was upset. His offseason wasn't long enough. He didn't get time with his horses. Probably didn't get enough time to relax with his wifey and kid. You're already playing in June. Not much of an offseason. His response, though, tremendous. Let's play it. Yeah, I think he's in year nine. I think he understands the grind of the NBA. And, uh, you know, when the Jamal was out with injury. I think he realized that he had to step up and be really aggressive, which he was. And now that we're back kind of whole, um, you know, I think he's he understands what he needs to do. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't use the word pace. I think guys that you know, I learned a long time ago, man, everybody says, hey, the NBA season is a marathon. I've run marathons. And I've seen the guys that win marathons. They don't pace themselves. They're running sub-five-minute miles. So you can talk about, oh, it's a marathon. You can... I think pacing yourself is what losing teams do. Nikola knows the appropriate level he needs to play at, and I think he plays hard every single night. Sure. And depending upon the situation, he may look to be a little bit more aggressive at times, but um, when you're an MVP candidate, one of the best players in the NBA, um, I think there are ups and downs to a season, but I don't know if pace would be the word I would use. He said pacing yourself is what losers do. 
Oh, yeah, you think the NBA is a marathon? 26.2 miles? No, five-minute pace, guys. You want to stop to walk? You want to get some water? You want to put body glide on your chafed nipples? Hell no. Fuck you. Balls to the walls. Do not pace. Sprint all the way, every day. That means you, Nicola. That means you, AG. I don't care that you just got bit by your own fucking dog in the face. Come back to work. <laughs> I love Michael Malone. He's the best. The fact that he's like, yeah, marathon, like winners, like you can run a marathon, but like you're not winning it unless you're running a five-minute pace. Amazing. Pushing Jokic to take no days off. No wonder, folks. Jokic is like, I hate basketball by April, May, June, July, and August. As a bonus, let's move on. We've been off a lot this week. I'm going to start a new segment to end the week. It is time for Trista's crazy-ass killer stat of the week. It is time to talk about one of my favorite teams to bang on, the Atlanta Hawks. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Can I say how stunned I am that Trey Young is one of the top guards for all-star voting right now? The popularity of Trey Young is insane. Anyway, back to the Hawks. Since December 7th, 2022, a streak lasting 90 games, 90, more than an NBA season. Every single Atlanta Hawks game has ended with both teams scoring 100 or more points. Do you know how incredibly difficult that is to do? Do you know how little defense, how little you should care about defense in order to keep a 90-game streak alive like this? This season, only the Hawks and the Pacers have played all of their games and not scored 100 and held an opponent under 100. And the Pacers are considered one of the worst defenses in the league. Atlanta, 14-19. and 19. Why? Because they're just poorly constructed. Trey Young's the head of the snake, which it certainly cannot be. Queens is probably going gray or doing cocaine right now or a combination of both, they should be big sellers at the deadline. Like, they need that. Poor Quinn. He's such a good coach, and he's inherited a team that simply just will not play defense. His defensive rating, Trey Young, 122.9 this year. That's just disgusting. Like, keep in mind, the new starting five, well, or like the starting five of New York of OG, Hartenstein, Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, and Hart, have a defensive rating of 86.4 as a group. That is ridiculous. Nearly a 40-point difference to Trey Young. I do not see this streak ending anytime soon, but I do see this Hawks roster changing dramatically going forward. What can you get? Can you steal anything from the Atlanta Hawks at the deadline? We're going to see. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Come back Monday for an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini episodes, which will drop unexpectedly, like your new neighbors stopping by out of nowhere. Many thanks to my new producer, Anthony fucking Irwin. Please say the fucking. Do not forget to follow the heat check as we navigate this new NBA season. That means download, subscribe. Please tell everyone. Please tell your friends. Go to the Apple store. Look at those shiny little Apple iPhones. Find the podcast icon. Go to the heat check. Push subscribe. That's how we game the system, folks. Every single one of those iPhones, just do it. Hey, also, neighbor who doesn't follow the NBA but is interested in podcasts, why? Who knows? Say, hey, Trista speaks fire on the heat check. Follow us at social at this Trista. Nope, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you next time.